Huh? Jesus. <laughs> Rolling, bro, and I'm not getting rid of that. <laughs> Fred, Fred Loney's Ace Hardware and Garden Stores brings you Garage Logic Podcast number 373, April 29th. That's, that's a special date, 2020. 92 degrees was the high on this day in 1952. It was 22 degrees in 1958 and 6.6 inches of snow on this day, April 29th, 1984. Ha! And because we're nearing the end of Lake Ice Out dates, nothing to report for Minnetonka, although we're not done with Minnetonka, and one to report for White Bear Lake, 1951. And who's who are those ice out dates brought to us by? Aquaside, the keeps your lakefront beach weed free all season long. And now, from the mayor's office above the boathouse on the east shore of Spoon Lake, it's Garage Logic with Rookie on Production, Chris Reavers, Director of Social Media, John Hyde in the newsroom, and occasionally Kenny from the Krabby Coffee Shop. Here is your flashlight king, fireworks commissioner, and keeper of common sense, your mayor, Joe Souchere. Hail the flashlight king. Hail you. Hail you. Joe, I emailed you a week or so ago about discoveries I had made while listening to last year's podcast. Well, I stumbled across the April 29th episode from 2019. In the show, you said 2019 was the 29th year of the show, and the two idiots argued with you and said, no, no, this is year 26. Either way, happy birthday on this, the 27th of April, or maybe your birthday is the 30th of April. Keep that chair creaking. Have you issued an opener watch yet? Uh, the garage door here in Rayford, North Carolina, has been open many consecutive Fridays. Nick from North Carolina. Garage Logic was founded on this day, April 29th, 1993, which makes this the... I think this is the 27th birthday of Garage Logic. Happy birthday, Mayor. Happy Valentine's Day. Happy Valentine's Day. And yes, I am issuing a garage opener watch for this Friday. A garage opener. That means conditions are correct for a garage door opener this Friday. Keeping in mind that we've gone as late as May 31st, which I believe was last year. Reeves, you got the sheet. Reeves? I Hello? do. Sorry, I was uh, I was monitoring something. Yes, I have the sheet right in front of me. May 31st, I think, was our latest ever opening, and that was last year. That was last year. It was after Memorial Day, uh, 2018. Also somewhat of a late one, May 4th, 2018. That's when we were out at uh, uh, Charlie's on Prior Lake. Remember that one? That was a fun broadcast. And without having the sheet in my possession, I will tell you that I believe our earliest opener was in 2012, which should have been March 14th. Close. No, March March 16th. There you go, March 16th. March 16th, 2012. Mm -hmm. Uh, Yes, conditions are are, uh, ripe for an opener this Friday. There's a lot of hog news in the news. Uh, Farmers uh, having to destroy their... Their herds or their heads of of uh, pigs, and it's a crying shame. We're going to have a couple of people. We're going to have Spencer Grunhofer to kick off the show here, and then we're going to go out to talk to Jeff Wicker in central Minnesota, who is a hog farmer. Uh, we are cityites, so this is important for us to learn 
but hog farmers are, are running out of places to send their livestock. It's almost analogous to the glut of oil for there being no demand. And now there's a glut of these uh, hogs, and they, uh, farmers are going to be forced to euthanize them. You t- why don't you dial up Spencer Grunhofer? He's okay. Garage Logic's professional. Right He's Garage Logic's professional meat cutter. Uh, that's Grunhofer's old fashioned meats at the north end of Hugo on Highway 61. And if anybody can answer these questions, it would be a professional meat cutter like Spencer Grunhofer, who reminds you that they are well and open for business, brats, sliders, hamburgers, patties, uh, you name it. They have it, and they'll take care of you with the proper social distancing at Grunhofer's Old Fashioned Meats at the north end of Hugo, uh, right on 61. You can't miss it. Spencer's got the big GL sign out front. And he's on the line with us right now. Hello, Spencer. How you doing, sir? How are you? Well, stressed. Why? Business is too good? It's too good, and uh, <laughs> meat prices, I'll tell you, we got some stuff to talk about today. What is, uh, what is your uh, empathy for the farmers of Minnesota, the hog farmers? They're in a difficult way, aren't they? Well, I'll tell you this. I could be butchering pigs from now till uh, Christmas. Yep. Uh, everybody and their brothers trying to buy trying to buy a pig and there's no processors to do it because we're so busy and there's really no way for the private consumer to accommodate the glut of hogs right i mean even if everyone got a hog you're you're uh you'd have to get about a hundred thousand well let me read you the email in regards to your discussion on the hog situation and put it into into perspective there are not enough mom and pop lockers uh, to come close to processing all the hogs in Minnesota, let alone the entire country. The plant in Sioux Falls processes 19,500 hogs per day, or roughly 100,000 a week. The plant in Worthington, the same. Normally, we should be processing 495,000 hogs per day as a nation. Today, meaning uh, Monday, this two, two days ago, we are processing 318,000, so 177,000 per day, or roughly 900,000 a week, are not getting processed. Uh, this is a huge issue for our pork producers as their hogs get backed up and continue to grow. Uh, it's a shame, isn't it? Well, I, it's a shame we just can't use all these hogs. Yeah, it's, uh, yeah. You know, the last time I saw this was the hog crash in 98. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was cutting by myself 25 hogs a week, and uh, you could buy a 200-pound hog with processing for $95. Okay, that means nothing to me because I don't know oh, hog prices. That's a, which, which is, that's a steal. I mean, that, that's for the, the pig and the processing. It was $95. It cost more to process it. They were giving pigs away because it yeah. was uh, the price was so depressed. And uh, right now, yeah, I mean, these guy, I know a couple guys, they dug a hole and uh, they, uh, they put them down and, and threw them right in the hole because there's no buyers. Well, there's buyers, but you can't find anybody to process. And like you said, there's no way you're going to find that many smaller uh, butcher shops to do that volume of hogs. I mean, it's just, it's never going to happen. How, how dependent is your business on having hogs? Hogs for, well, cuts for up front, a lot, you know, really dependent. The custom meat side is, you know, it won't support the business. Well, it never has, but, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I could hire all the butchers I wanted, but you'll, you'll never get them done. 
Right. What, what if a customer brought you a hog? Uh, well, we, we're full till August. Oh, my word. Wow. Oh, yeah. my word. Spencer, I have a question about that. Um, I, I've never butchered a hog, but obviously I've cut up many deer. Uh, is, is it anywhere close to, can an average deer hunter process a hog himself? Well, I suppose they could. You know, your results are going to be, you know, you're not going to see the same cuts that you, yeah. that you would, uh, you know. The, From a professional. Uh, yeah. You know, and the hams and stuff, you know, to make hams, you got to cure them and, and all that. And the bacons and, yeah, I mean, there's, right. a, lot of, there's a lot of professional you know, knife skills involved in that. Yeah, you know, To yeah. make a, a product, you know, a deer, you know, everybody can cut a deer. Right. But uh, what yeah. about quartering it up, Spencer? Could a guy just quarter it and store it in the freezer, or is that also a bad idea? Well, you could, but first thing is you got to skin it. You know, all these guys yeah. are, are getting all these hogs. Well, I had one guy, he's going, oh, I'm going to go to South Dakota, and my buddy's got a bunch of hogs on there. Well, what are you going to do, haul them back live? You mm-hmm. know, you, you yeah. got to butcher them, and then skinning them, if you don't skin them right, especially on the bacons on the side, you're going to lose half of your bacon. And then, and it's just uh, they're cheap, but yeah. to do it yourself, it's it's going to be. Uh, I mean, Pretty I guess tough. if you did it yourself, you would still end up with a really good value. But uh, but yeah, putting it, the, putting it in the freezer, it's just uh, you know you still <laughs> you still got to get to it sooner or later, you know. Spencer, yep. Dave Priestler, CEO of the Minnesota Pork Producers Association, says in the next few weeks, Minnesota farmers will be forced to euthanize 300,000 to 400,000 pigs. Oh, my God. That's just a... Uh, do, yeah. do you fear for the, um, the nation's food supply chain? Uh, you know, I just got off the phone about five minutes before you called with uh, one of my suppliers, and... Uh, it's not good. Uh, yesterday wasn't bad. Today it's not good, uh, and it's going into beef now. Um, mm-hmm. There's a big plant in Iowa that uh, they they butcher a lot of steers, and mm-hmm. because of this price, the price increases today. I have never seen in my life, Joe. It's unbelievable, mm-hmm. and uh, you know Trump was saying. Hey, you know we got to get these plants back going. Blah blah blah. Well, you know what they're doing now? They're shipping all this meat, all their production, across the pond because mm-hmm. they're getting more money. Really? So I think there should be a stop to that. Mm-hmm. Um, and then labor. The, they're offering all these people so much money to sit on their butt that they're not coming to work. Mm-hmm. So that's one of the biggest things in these plants is labor. Because why? Why work when? when the government's giving me more money to stay at home. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, plus they're not going to work if they've got the virus either. Yeah, yeah. But a lot of these plants don't have the virus. It's like, well, have you heard of any chicken plants having it? No. no. Isn't that funny? Yeah. What's the worst, uh, have you ever seen this before in, in your industry? N- the prices we're at now, never. Hmm. Um I just, uh, like I said, I just got off the phone with one supplier, and chuck roasts are usually uh, in the $4 range, 4 to $5 range. Mm-hmm. Right now, with today's pricing, uh, I'm looking at uh, $8 a pound. 
Oh, oh my. For retail. Yeah. And that's ridiculous. What, what would you recommend to the American consumer? Uh, eat a lot of hamburger. <laughs> if you can get it. I mean, yeah. uh, and that's going to be another thing that's getting tight, too. Um, I've stayed afloat because I, I kind of seen what was coming, and I, I stocked up a lot. Mm-hmm. And, I, you know, I haven't ran out yet. But, uh, and, and, and go to chicken. I um, mean, if you can get it. I mean, these beef prices are just absolutely crazy. Pork prices, if you can get the stuff, is went up a lot too, but not anywhere near what beef's doing. Will this put hog farmers out of business? I thought I heard that they were getting a bailout from the government. I haven't totally researched that, but I heard they were getting so many dollars ahead. Um, we're going to talk to a fellow who raises hogs uh, after we uh, after we uh, speak with you and we'll find out what kind of dire straits he might be in his name is john wicker he's a central minnesota pork producer he's looking at euthanizing 1500 head here coming up okay yeah uh i mean the government's got to do something i mean they're bailing out everybody else it's time to bail out the farmer Mm -hmm. which uh the farmer always gets the short end of the stick you know but you say you're you're good with hogs through August. Oh yeah, yeah. I, I get called. I bet you I get sixty calls a day. Really? For people, uh, you know, I, I got employees that want to get picks. I'm like, eh, not happening, Pally. Right. I go, we <laughs> we're too busy, and uh, we got to just keep our uh, our retail counter filled. Mm-hmm. Um, it's uh, well Saturday, Joe. 500 yep. people we ran through this place. It's amazing. Wow. It's amazing. on 61. Really? And it, and it wasn't hoarding. No. You know, it was just, you know, we had the meat and people came from everywhere. They were coming from St. Cloud all over. And a lot of, the, a lot of them were GLers. That's wonderful. They won't leave my meatloaf alone. We gotta, we gotta scale back. I'm on that. sorry about that, Spencer. <laughs> That's my fault. <laughs> no, but it's it's a good thing and it's a bad thing. I mean, it's just everybody scrambling, and uh, yeah, I I don't see when this is going to go back to normal. Tell get people back to work. I don't know. But well, Spencer, you're gonna put, I you're gonna I put don't more pressure on it because of the restaurants are opening too. Yeah, well, that would that if you could open up the restaurants, that would help the hog farmers, wouldn't it? Yeah, but there again, you got to get them slaughtered. That's right. You gotta That's get right. Yeah, they have to be back into the plants. You got to get Smithfield back open. Yeah, yeah, and, uh, and you know they're not even the biggest plant in the country. Mm-hmm. There's uh, uh, Tar Heel, North Carolina. They slaughter thirty thousand hogs a day. Good lord! Woo! Biggest wow. plant in the world. Wow. Yikes! And, and that's a Smithfield plant too. But they'll be hurting just like the rest of them. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. I'm glad things are working out for you, and uh, uh, GLers knowing that you have the product will continue to arrive. I imagine I, oh, yeah. they have been. Yeah. Like I was telling Reavers, uh, we made I don't know was it 250 pounds of rookie burgers on Friday, and they're gone Saturday by Sunday morning. <laughs> that's amazing! <laughs> My goodness, <laughs> they're wow. pounding them. <laughs> <laughs> 
pounding the rookie burgers. Oh yeah, it's unbelievable. That the patty machine back there, my guy, he's he's dying. <laughs> <laughs> he's so angry. Do you let him? Do you let him take a break, Spencer? Just oh, keep cracking the whip. Get uh, back in there. A couple saltine crackers every once in a while. Boy. <laughs> 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 Yeah, the employees are getting wore out. I mean, you know, we figured this after the first round, it would have, it would have slowed down, and it did for a couple of days. But then the media, they're hyping everything up, and then boom, it hit again. And yeah. uh, but we're keeping her filled, and uh, we still got product. And but uh, yeah, these poor hog farmers. It's like you know, the hog prices were bad enough. Now they're they can't even do anything with them, and it's it's bad. It's bad for everybody. Well, Spencer, hang in there. We'll be in touch. Okay. Thanks, Joe. Thank oh, you. Hey, I was yeah. Tell you. Yeah. My cylinder index. I'm 48 yeah. years old. I got 105 cylinders. Yeah, oh, that's Woo-hoo! that's fantastic. You're Beautiful. way ahead of your age. Way ahead of <laughs> your age. Yeah. You ever get time to enjoy any of them? <laughs> uh, every once in a while, I got my tractor ready uh, with the plow hooked up. We got about uh, 100 acres. We got a moldboard plow, so that's my that's my fun time. Go out at night and moldboard plow in the dark. <laughs> All right, Spencer, if I see a light out in the field up there off 61, I'll know it's you. Okay, sir. All right, thank you. Yep, you guys have a good day. All right, thank you. Wow. Spencer Grunhofer, Grunhofer's old-fashioned meats. If he thinks he's getting an ad today, he's crazy. <laughs> in fact, I'm crossing that off yeah, the list that right ch- now. Get the old check mark in there. That right? gets the check mark. Uh, when do you want to uh, uh, talk to Mr. Wickland? I told him that we would call him right around 1230 because he is out in the barn uh, and he is busier. But he really, really wants to talk to you. So, And his email says, I am a central Minnesota pork producer who will soon be facing the issue of euthanizing 1,500 head in the next several weeks. I would love to explain to you why the scenario of euthanizing market-ready hogs is unavoidable. And yes, you guys cannot do math. A hog selling for 90 bucks at 3 cents a pound would have to weigh 3,000 pounds. That's a big Impossible. hog. Impossible. I'm sure someone has already contacted the staff about this. And if it was discussed on Tuesday's podcast, I apologize. Uh, if it's interested, best to reach me by phone as I am very busy and don't regularly check email. And he provided us his phone number. And we'll give him a call uh, coming up here uh, shortly as the uh, food production in this country begins to take a hit. Yes. I feel bad for these hog farmers. Uh, that's their livelihood, and they're not going to make any money. Well, and, and that's just it. You know, as a kid that grew up on a farm, it, it's not like working a 9-to-5. There aren't vacation days. There aren't sick days. There, I just, my heart aches for all of these families that are dealing with this right now. And I continue to get uh, emails from GLers uh, echoing the... Uh, the uh, default position of GLers, which is to to open, uh, to open, or we won't have a country to go back to. Let me read you an email from our chef in Montana. Uh, Matura, I'm sorry, uh, Matura, it's here. Uh, I have an organizational problem today because I was addressing uh, topics for uh, uh, hog talk. Where in the hell did I put Matura's email? Oh, for God's sake. I think it's in the sakes. left pile next to your computer. It's probably still on the computer if you just, <laughs> it's just look at that. just on the printer, yeah. Right, you know, just look at the screen. There no, see, I tend to delete the damn things. And uh, uh, But he had a great point I wanted to uh, reiterate, and, of course, I completely lost it. Maybe Let's see if this maybe is Maybe you're... It. 
your two little helpers came down there and stole it from yeah. Grandpa. Yeah, I got raided here a minute ago by these little heathens that are running around. <laughs> what was the subject line? Because usually Scott emails all of us. I'll see if I can find it here for you. Perfectly healthy. <laughs> well, isn't this something? I apologize that I can't, uh, because it, w- it would have allowed me to... Uh, dovetail into uh i've been wrong about the banks i've I've, I've been wrong about the government making the small uh, business loans the government gives the money to the banks and they make the small business loans so uh so banks uh you know they they got the they got the uh application from the lakers and, and the banker said well i can make some money off this so off the money went to the lakers but I guess that's being uh, returned. Uh, but in the hassle of COVID, I, uh, I here, I know what I can do. Wait, I but, believe that one came from a gentleman by the name of Charles. Yeah, uh, but I, I, I think I can find Matura here if I okay. look in. Uh, uh, How about we do this? I got it right here. Oh, I was going to see you. Take a little break. Joe, as we have learned that Harvard, Shake Shack, and the Lakers have applied for, received, and returned these loans all in short periods of time, it falls under what GL refers to as headdressing, pushing back everyday Scott Matura. It, it could very well be headdressing, but again, I, I pictured a scenario where a guy in some basement uh, of a building in Washington, D.C. was putting the rubber stamp and sending the money to the Lakers. That isn't the way it works. I should have known better. The money goes to the banks, and then the banks take applications for the loans. But that's how that works. The one email that I read yesterday was the one that the GL Facebook page received from Facebook itself saying to apply for a government issued loan. Yeah. As, it a, is. as a small business. Well, I'm not going to pursue it further until I talk to some more experts. Let me just tell you this. I'm also not doing anything off Facebook. I don't do Facebook. Well, n- Bleep Facebook. No, the, the, the point was... No, I know what the point okay. is. Well, okay. tell me again what no, they are. No, I'm not going to do that. No. You, don't want, you, you don't want to do that. 27th anniversary. Here we go. Here we go. You got 27 more in you? <laughs> no. no. <laughs> Although we might have to. Where's the party? Of course, the email I looked for was right on the top of my email pile. Okay, so I didn't have to go to that. And then later in the show, uh, we're going to correct this uh, uh, this whole idea of the fellow with two hundred dollars in his pocket. Uh, Boy, did seeking... you get some mail on that? Yeah, and I'm correct. And if Kenny doesn't like it, he can find his own damn town to run. <laughs> No, I'm I'm pretty happy, Joe. I'm kicked I was, back in my in my was, jammies, having a heater. Uh, I'm good. <laughs> He's in his jammies. Oh, he is too. I bet. I bet there are those big flannel jobs. Oh God. Well, I'll tell you what. Why don't we take a pause? Okay. And then uh, we'll come back and talk to you uh, about hog farming with a uh, hog farmer. Canopy cares as we go through these unprecedented times with COVID-19. At the Canopy Group, we remain open and 100% ready to service our existing clients and to discuss options for new clients. In an effort to keep everyone safe, we have eliminated face-to-face meetings. We have also set up many Canopy employees to work from home in order to generate greater spacing within our office settings. At the Canopy Group, we realize every penny matters We have encouraged our clients who are feeling financially stressed to contact their mortgage companies, utility providers, auto loan payment centers, and see what payment deferral options they provide. Many do. We also encourage everyone to reach out to the Canopy Group 
and see if additional savings can be experienced with their home and auto insurance. If you have ever wondered if you are paying too much, now is a good time to find out. On behalf of the Canopy Group, we ask you to be safe during these times and contact the Canopy Group at 800-967-3389 or visit thecanopygroup.com. Is that his cylinder index or his golf score? Either way, it's a big number. Here's Joe Suchere. So, uh, yeah, we'll get to Such in a second, but we've got important business to discuss here, namely your yard and how it looks after yesterday's rain. If it still looks sad and pathetic after yesterday's all-day rain, uh, we, we, we need to handle this GL or a beautiful lawn. The best on the block is a simple click away at professionalturf.com. You got to do what I did so many years ago. Put that hassle of keeping weeds and crap out of your yard and fertilizing, put it in ProTurf's hand. They're, they're the best. Schedule a free, no obligation lawn care estimate, a season pro. Not going to just talk to you on the phone. It's going to come out and look it over. You can't. You can't analyze a lawn and just throw out a figure over the phone. That's not going to happen. So a seasoned pro is going to stop by, tell you exactly what you need, and then set you up with a weed and fertilizer program, not only safe for our mom, the earth, but guaranteed to give you the most luscious lawn in the neighborhood from spring until fall. Put it in their hands, GLers. Click it right now, professionalturf.com. Joe? Yes, Reeves, we're going to talk to... Uh, yep, I'm trying to call him right now, sir. Uh, John Wicker, Central Minnesota pork producer, who unfortunately will soon be euthanized. He got perfect health, can he? Perfectly perfect health. Perfect health. Soon be uh, euthanizing 1,500 head. I mean, they're going to die anyway, but this is an unfortunate way to have to waste all that protein. Pigs are good for you. Did you know that? Yeah, it's it, it's really it's it's a real bummer because cutting up a pig isn't like cutting up a deer or a or you know a steer. It's it's a whole different beast. And like Spence was saying, that cutting bacon is it. I I can imagine it's not easy. Well, I loved you know? his term. He said you need knife skills. Yeah, <laughs> I would imagine you do need knife skills. And that's how Spencer refers to himself. He does not refer to himself as a butcher. He refers to himself as a meat cutter. Yeah, yeah. And got a pretty good guys, cylinder index, doesn't he? Those guys uh, should and do take great pride in their work because it's it's not something you can just grab a knife and learn with, you know, a couple of animals. It, it takes there's a learning curve there that sometimes takes years. Uh, my grandpa was a butcher. One of his many side hustles was uh, being a butcher, a meat cutter, and. It was a joy to watch him work. It, it's yeah. really fun to watch good meat cutters work. Yeah, I'm not sure I, I would be very good at it. Uh, I think I might struggle at trying to figure out what part of the pig I'm supposed to cut up. That's just it. I, I mean, and it was a struggle for me to learn venison. Um, but finally, I figured it out. And by the time I figured it out, I decided, you know what? I'm just going to turn everything. I'm just going to turn everything into ground anyway. So now all I have to do is debone everything. Super easy, you know, and take the back straps out. That's no big deal. Reeves, um, how we doing? Just give me one minute. Just give me one minute, Joe. He's getting ready. He's in the barn right now, and he's uh, he's on his way out to talk to us. Has he got to? Has he got to? Uh, he's got to get to the Wi-Fi. 
He wants to have a proper signal to make an appearance on Garage Logic. I, I would hope so. I take it this guy's a GL or he wouldn't have contacted us. Yeah, he emailed me yesterday. Yeah. How about Spencer doing 500 people on Saturday? <laughs> Parked on Highway 61. <laughs> Just feeling the stress, man. Mm. <laughs> well, it's your fault, Spence. You got involved in GL, and now look what it's done. <laughs> That's fantastic. He's, got a, he's, he's so busy, the only time he can go plow is at night. Isn't that something? <laughs> Yeah. Jeez. Yeah. Well, that's that's good, man. I hope Spencer has an end game in mind for himself to enjoy those 148 cylinders. That'd be nice. See, he wor- yeah. he's working seven days a week. And the great thing is, he's employing more and more people. You know, mm-hmm. I- I'm wondering if that little location is big enough. Spence is going to have to put up another building there just to keep up with it all, or either figure that out or, or how to uh, uh, mail. Uh, mail the meat around the world, and uh, if if Nancy Pelosi can get the frozen ice cream, why can't yeah. Spencer send out freezer packs of brats we're just, and burgers? We're just we're just coming up with more work for him. So, yes, Kenny, here's John Wicker. <laughs> Hi, Hi, John. Hello, John. What town are you in? Near Kimball. Okay, and we'll uh, we we. Got your email, and we sympathize, and uh, I want you to explain to us the situation you're finding yourself in. Well, the problem just didn't develop in the last week or two. It's kind of um, been been stewing for about a month. Um, I sell to two packers, uh, one in Iowa, and I'm not going to name the names, but one in Minnesota. Mm-hmm. Um, and I got a call from the one Minnesota packer in early April that they were going to cancel a load on me. I, I ship about 10,000 pigs a year, a little less than that. And, okay. and I'll, when I say a load, that's a semi-load, a pot load. All right. And I'm like, okay, well, when do I get them in? They said, no, we're just not taking them. And, and, and this load was scheduled for the 15th of April. And I'm kind of like, well, you know, so there's – and the plants were just slowing down. I mean, people just aren't showing up for work, this and that. And uh, I was able to sneak them in. So I, I had six loads with them. I had five remaining loads. I put an extra 20 on each of those loads. I took care of 100 of them. And I was able to get 90 into my local butcher. He helped me out that way. Okay. But they're, they're not all gone yet, but we're working on it. And so, so now, you know, you've had a lot more plant closures. There's, there's just, pigs are just backing up everywhere. Everybody's barns are full. They can't get them into slaughter. Um, to put it in perspective, Joe, and, and these are USDA figures. You can look them up. Um, we slaughter, we need to slaughter about 480,000 a day. That's just what the chain, I mean, that's just what production puts out a day. In the, you're talking uh, Monday, the country, the country, the country, the country. Yep. Three hundred, yep. you know, you know, about four hundred eighty. On Monday, the USDA figure I think was around two twenty. Okay, so that's you know two hundred and seventy thousand pigs that did not get slaughtered that day and keep growing. And wow. you just can't make it up. I mean, there's 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 just you know I, I know in Monday's podcast, you know, you kind of like oh just you know euthanizing pigs, but there's no other scenario, Joe, other than euthanizing pigs. I mean, there's right. still little ones in the chain coming up and and it is happening they are being euthanized i, I can tell you that they are john fat, john is, is being euthanized. john is it a function of uh, demand is down or is it a function of the plants aren't able to process them because people are not coming into work the plant plants are unable to process them because people okay. are not coming into work that, okay. that's clearly it the demand is is there now we, we had have an older oversupply of 
pork for many years, or I mean, it, it, it seems like we just, and we relied on exports, you know, um, to, to take up the slack. You know, we, we, we would, on an average year, probably export about 25% of our product. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I do believe that's all staying, you know, stateside now that nothing's being shipped out, I would assume. But it's just, it's just, you know, you just, people just can not stop going to work. I, I just, I, I just shudder, you know, when they always, you know, work from home and, well, that's good for some, but, you know, some jobs, people have to go to work and there's going to be shortages. I do think, I, I don't know how quickly they can rectify this. You know, Trump's order to, you know, executive order to keep the plants open. Well, that's fine, but can you make people go to work? I, I don't, I don't know. You know, how long, how long have you been in this business? Um, my whole life, pretty much. I, I really, in the early eighties. So yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. I'm mm-hmm. in mid fifties now. So yeah. Have you ever had this problem before? Have you ever had to euthanize that many hogs? No, no, no. We've had a, a supply problem where we've oversupplied um, the the slaughter capacity. That that's happened in the late eighties, and prices just tanked. But no, no. The scenario where you've had to euthanize pigs is just uh, no. I, I, the price has been so poor that people opted to euthanize little pigs. You know, the pigs that are born. Right. There's nobody willing to buy them because there's no, you know, no money to be made. You're just guaranteed to lose money. So that scenario has happened before. But now you have that going on. Did, did ever see and ever think that you would euthanize fat pigs? And no, I, I, I would have never. I would never imagine. Well, that. It, is is part of your problem the cost required of you to continue to feed them? No, the, the, the problem is the, the backup of everything. Pigs are still being born. Pigs are still, you know, that, that you just can't, I don't know how to explain it, Joel. Um, the, the whole thing has to work. You know, I, I, I'm actually, as you called here, I'm washing a hog barn, getting ready to restock it. Mm-hmm. Now, the gentleman I buy pigs from, he's like really happy that I'm taking my pigs that I got empty because he's got another barn that is not empty you can't get it empty and he's got pigs that need to go into that barn because the sows the pigs that are on the sows then need to move into that nursery there's kind of like three phases of production the sow the nursery and the finisher and i'm i'm kind of at the end i'm the finisher so i mean it's just the, the backlog how things just back up and he, he said he goes I, I don't know what i do he said i i gotta kill pigs he goes you know what what do i do you know it it, it, it it's yeah so i i i offered him that I would double stock my barn to help him out temporarily. This barn I'm cleaning up would typically hold a thousand head. We're going to put 2000. That's going to buy him another oh, week's right. time. Hopefully oh. he can, otherwise something, he's going to have to start killing little pigs mm-hmm. somewhere. Something has to go. You just can't keep cramming them in and nowhere to go. And, and, and to see the slaughter flaw, fall like it has, it's just, it's just amazing that we're, you know, down to less than half capacity and, and you can't make it up. There's still pigs, you know, that are, needing to be slaughtered. Every day we have 480,000 that need to be slaughtered. So I could have this conversation. I could have this conversation. I could have this conversation with a, with a John Wickland in any state in this, that raises pigs, right? That's happening all over the country. True. True. Yep. Yep. And and it's not, it's not a consumer problem. It's a production problem. Well, it's a processing problem. Processing problem. Production is there. Yeah. Consumer is there. It's a processing problem. So yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's, and I know people like I've been getting calls like crazy for people wanting to butcher pigs, and and and, and I don't know if some are just fearful that their food supply is running out, or some are really trying to help me out. I I, I don't know, you know. Um, 
but but uh, your 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 local Grundhoffers can only butcher. They only got you know. I mean, they can't. The, the scope of the problem is way too big for all the Grundhoffers in the world to take this up. It just isn't right. Isn't viable. They they don't have the capacity. They don't have the cooler. They don't have the resources to get anywhere even close to slaughtering what's necessary. You know. We were talking to yeah. Spencer Grunhofer, and uh, he was echoing some of your sentiments. And I, I'm finding myself thinking this is analogous to the glut of oil we have now. There are tankers sitting off Long Beach, California, full of oil, and they can't come into the docks because there's no place to take the oil because there's no place to store it. It's almost analogous to that you've got too many pigs now. It, it, it is analogous to that. I guess the only difference is, I, I mean... I guess you can turn the oil spigot back on quicker than you can bring pigs back to life. <laughs> you know, they yeah. have to be born. You know what I mean? I, I yeah. guess that. And, yeah. and you're not, you can, I don't know, it's just the, the whole idea of just euthanizing an animal and not giving it a purposeful meaning is troubling in John, itself, you know. I have, I have a question, John, about euthanizing. If you chose to euthanize the little ones right now, the young ones, would that come back six months in a year from now, uh, would that haunt you later in life? You know, when oh, when those little yeah. It, yeah. So yeah. basically, and, it, it would it would. Well, you explain it. Explain what what that would do. Well, it, it, a pig born today will basically hit the slaughter in about six months' time. And okay. and so I mean, whatever you euthanize today is obviously just not going to be there six months down the road. Now, now yeah. I think a combination of things will all help. You know, you know, euthanizing that pig today. The only way that helps is it doesn't have to take up the space that these fat pigs are in right now, you know, and you can hang on to those fat pigs. And, and everybody in the industry is doing what we can to slow the rate of gain down. You can't stop an animal from growing, but you can certainly slow it down. And uh, everybody is doing that to try to slow it down and, you know, drag this on. But, you know, so, so yeah, what, what you euthanize today will, will, will not be there for slaughter in six months from now. And, and, and you know, so, and, and there is a lot of that going on too, but, but, uh, but yeah, some of these down packing plants, I do believe, will be used for euthanizing animals. I, I, they are. They are oh. going to be used for that. How do you slow down the growth? You just give them food they don't like? No. It, it, <laughs> it, 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 well, Jesus, Joe. You're, you're yeah, asparagus. Right, Joe. I'm <laughs> partially right, boys. Listen to John. <laughs> well, oh, peas I mean, again. I mean, Damn it. <laughs> What's that? I'm sorry. I didn't hear that. Joe. I said, oh, peas <laughs> again. Oh, yeah. yeah. But, but uh, I mean, you, you do give ingredients that just are, are low in energy, you know, high in fiber and, uh, you know, low in protein, you know, those kind of things, you know. Yeah. So, yeah. so you, you do put some different ingredients in. But what I did uh, was real simple to do is, you know, you, you like to give free choice at the feeders. You know, feeders are opened up. I set my feeders really tight, so the pigs virtually had to lick the feed out of them. Okay. And then uh, I heated my barns to 85 degrees. Hogs don't like hot weather. They get fat and they just get lazy. They just, you know, they don't want to eat. Yeah. Though right. that combination of things really did slow the rate of growth up uh, mm -hmm. substantially. I was really quite surprised. That, yeah. That, uh, yeah. What is it? it what is it you would like GLers to know about your industry, the future of your industry, what you're facing? What is it that GLers should understand? Well, you know that that's that's a good question, Joe. I, I, I guess the, the biggest thing I want people to understand is that. I don't know. People, I, I just, I'm just frustrated with the, the, the whole work at home, shelter in place kind of thing. That you know, I thought we were the, you know, the, the land of the free, home of the brave kind of thing, and I, I don't think we're either of that anymore. I yeah. really don't. Yeah. You know, and, and it is frustrating that you know, and, and I think our politicians, you know, Trump wants to get these plants back open again as executive order, but now I just at noon news here, I hear our 
I don't know what her name or what it is, but a health commissioner saying that it's, you know, it's not right to be opening these plants. Basically. Well, then what's, what's your plan? I mean, hey, people could, I mean, I'm not going to say that there's going to be shortages where people are going to go hungry, but prices are going up. Right. And, and if this goes on much longer, there could be shortages in the grocery store. There, I, I, it's not out of the realm of possibility. And that's something none of us has ever seen in our lifetime that shelves have ever been, you know, you know, bare. We've never experienced that. No, never, I'm not never, sure never. Parents maybe have, but I, I, I mean, so I mean, it's, it's just that there's just some jobs that have to be done, and 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 the policies put in place did not encourage does not encourage people to go to work, and it does quite the opposite. It, it encourages you to, to to stay home and and cower down. I, 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 that, that's what's frustrating on my part. As for the industry, we have our own problems of overproduction, and that and that's our you know. But uh, but yeah, I guess I don't want to see people, you know, well, geez, they shouldn't be killing those pigs. Well, there really is no other option at this point. Right. There's just so many. They have to be euthanized. And it would be the best thing to keep a stable supply would just be, let's wipe out all these animals that are too heavy. Get them out of here because there's still plenty of other, you know, livestock coming if we can get some kind of a normal operation back. And and, uh, so, yeah, yeah, it's it's just, uh, yeah, it's, it's concerning. And the economic impact, well, it's. Hard to say yet. I mean, I'm I'm good for another four weeks here, but I got a fifteen hundred head group that has to go in fourteen in, in another four weeks, and and typically you would Are be booking ins- them four weeks out with your plant, and and I'm I'm getting I'm getting no commitments from either of the packers I deal with. Zero, not is there any ins- not any insurance involved there, John? Uh, can you collect? No, at all? no, there isn't. Right. There is a, a, a USDA program. It's a livestock risk insurance program. But as soon as the markets get volatile, they stop the program. So, so no, there isn't. Of course. You know, in good times, yeah. it's there, but you obviously don't need it in good times. And, and I know that's how insurance kind of works. But, no, it's, it's very expensive. Um, your best form of insurance is doing hedging on the Chicago Board of Trade, you know, just, just you know, using a broker and hedging your product, which I do some of that. And that's going to soften the blow here a little bit, that I did have some hedging profits to, to, to help pay the bills here, I guess. You know what I'm learning? I'm learning how complicated this is. Oh, yeah. It is. It, it, yep. it is complicated, and, and 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 sometimes we make things more complicated than they need to be, too. Right. right. So. John, I wish you the best of luck, as do all GLers. I wish you the best of luck, and thank you for making yourself available to us. Yeah, th- thank you, Joe. Hey, if I have one comment, you, you guys really cannot do math, can you? Cause Not really. On your, <laughs> on your Monday's podcast, you talked about hogs going for like $85, $90. Here we go. That yeah, they were yeah, selling yeah. for, three cents a pound. Right. Well, if you would yeah. sell a hog for $90 at three cents a pound, that pig would weigh 3,000 pounds. <laughs> <laughs> That's a, my truck. That's a super pig. So, that is a super pig, yeah. We have big pigs, but they are not 3,000 pounds. So. More like 30 cents. So, the, the, the true hog market is at 20, 30 cents a pound. So they're going to bring about 75, 80 bucks. Your, your price was right. It's just your math was wrong. So. Of course it was. Of course, course it was. Oh, I'm still in that sound bite. Yeah. Thank you, John. All right. Thank you, Joe. Thank you. Best of luck to him. Man, this stuff is interesting to a city, isn't it? It really is. Well, and there was one person that said uh, via email, and I'm just going to guess, not not really knowing how it works, to why not just put them out to pasture? You know, if you're running out of room in the barn, that that's. that's... I don't think they run around out there like horses. No, they they don't. They they don't anymore. It's only the really small farmer who raises hogs for his family and relatives that can that have a hog yard. Uh, The problem is they're really hard to keep in in fences. I mean, they burrow, they dig. Uh, They're they're in just 
awful, awful Well, animals. I guess what you could do then, essentially, is the ones that you're planning on killing, you know, let them roam free and let the coyotes deal with them. Well, don't you oh. remember what happened at the beginning oh, of The Wizard of Oz? <laughs> Dorothy fell into the pig pen. That's right. Was yelping yeah. and helping, and they had to, they had to get that's, her out of there. That's your, uh, that's, that's your reference and perspective. Huh? That's it. Wizard of Oz. That's it. That's I haven't no- done a lot of pig farming. That's the number one rule of working on a pig farm. Don't fall in, because if you're alone, you ain't getting out. <laughs> Say, boys, I want to tell you about Aquaside. Uh, because if you own a lake home or you have pond on your property and you use it as the swimming hole, you got to give my buddies at Aquaside a call. They've been helping people maintain uh, great lake shores for years. They have a complete line of uh, lake and pond control problem that will take care of everything from weeds to algae. Uh, when I take my afternoon pontoon ride on Spoon Lake mm-hmm. and the SSGL, uh, I can tell who uses Aquaside and who doesn't. Aquaside lakes are free of weeds and muck. The products are easy to use. They work right away. They're registered with both the EPA and DNR, and these products are completely safe for your family. So you don't need to let weeds overtake your lake or pond this summer. Call them today. They'll identify your weed problem and make sure your place looks great all summer long. They've been killing lake weeds for more than 60 years. Aquaside pellets are their top seller, and they're as classic as a Chris Craft boat. Call Aquaside at 1-800-328-9350 or go to Aquaside.com. 1-800-328-9350 or Aquaside.com. Hello again, this is Mike Fratelloni from Fratelloni's Ace Hardware and Garden Stores. Fratelloni's is open every day till 6 p.m., seven days a week. Please come on in. We are practicing ultra no-touch social distance customer service. You're going to come in and we're going to say, hey, what can we help you find from 10 feet away? We're not going to touch you. You're not going to touch us. We're constantly cleaning our stores. We're really trying to be as safe for our employees and as safe for our customers as we possibly can. So be aware that our customer service is going to be a little different. Stop on at Fratelloni's right now. Come on in. Social distance customer service. Fratelloni's Ace Hardware and Garden Stores. <coughs> Perfect, Perfect health. health. Perfect, Perfect health. health. <laughs> and I'm totally leaving that in, by the way. Flashlight. Check. Tool belt. Check. Attitude. Check. He's going in. Joe Souchere. <laughs> he also just informed me, you're about to be taken down. Yeah, he is. He's going down. <laughs> the coffee grounds. Oh, I love Eric and Julie. The coffee grounds over in Eau Claire. It's the easiest, safest way to stock up your coffee beans. And we've learned from Such Stogies. Uh, Eric and Julie, they've been doing a, an amazing job of pivoting during these days of quarantine and COVID. Oh, Kenny, and, Kenny, uh, Kenny, they, Kenny, they, Kenny. They, Kenny. Uh, I have an email. What, what, what? what? How, what's their uh, shipping distance, like their radius? We had a, uh, a person that asked via email yesterday. Do you know that offhand? Well, let's go with the whole United States. There you how go. About, how go about around that. the world? There Why not? Okay. All you do is yeah. put it to yeah. mail. Okay. There we go. Yeah. I don't I don't know the, the answer to that, Chris. But, okay. Uh, you know what? Let's test it. I don't care if you're in Florida or <laughs> Fallujah. Uh Go to thecoffeegrounds.com, log in, find the bean symbol, go over to the, find some beans, and check out the wide variety. You've got the Krabby Coffee Shop blend, the GL blend, the Spoon Lake blend, the Johnny Height guitar 
decaffeinated blend, which, by the way, I've had, and it's really good. Uh, but you know what? You also need to try the French roast. It's amazing. You can order online. They're going to ship it right to your front door. Eric and Julie at the Coffee Grounds. They've been doing this since 96. 96. They know their business. And if you live in the Eau Claire area or if you're driving through, hooey, are you in luck? Great options for food pickups. Uh, fresh meals like homemade fried chicken dinners and Such's favorite, Hungarian goulash. Plus, they've got fresh soup or frozen soup if you prefer burger patties the whole deal uh, if you need to stock up the liquor cabinet yep they've got that too beer wine spirits you name it glers we would love it if you could show your support for eric and julie at the coffee grounds in eau claire order some coffee order meals groceries booze for pickup and stop in if you're passing through on the freeway all the information you can ever need can be found at thecoffeegrounds.com Go ahead, Such. Take me down. The other day, a fellow emailed us. He was out for a walk with his wife, and he came upon a scooter for sale and said best offer. And he said uh, to his wife, I wonder if he would accept the $200 I have in my pocket. And she said, you have $200 in your pocket? And he said, yes. Uh, he did not buy that scooter, but he asked me for a ruling. Did that constitute permission? And, of course, uh of course it did, and I'm sticking to my guns. That constitutes permission. And, uh, Kenny, if you don't like it, you get your own town to run, and you can make up your own <laughs> permission rules. Downing, frequent contributor Downing okay. notes, I'm with you, Joe. You've got $200 in your pocket is permission. She didn't say no, did she? Instead, she changed the subject. That's permission. Haven't these morons been paying attention over the years? A woman never intends to give permission. The GLer must discern the permission inherent in her response. One more thing. When's Rookie coming back? That guy who called in Tuesday pretending to be Jesse didn't sound anything like Jesse. He was doing somebody. We just don't know who it was. <laughs> Second email. Derek Number two. writes, Joe, that was one of the best permissions ever because it was so nebulous. I know you get it, but why doesn't Kenny get it? Permission in today's vernacular could be best described as fake permission. You know damn well that she's going to have a fit, but you also know that you're going to inform her that you had her permission. And finally, Tim writes, I was listening to the argument of permission in regards to the wife asking her husband if he had $200 when contemplating if she'd make a bid on a scooter. The mayor was correct. The purpose of permission is to view any response in the broadest terms, not narrowest. Anything besides outright being told not to buy it is considered permission. Sometimes even when told not to buy something, if not put in crystal clear terms, is permission. For example, I was thinking about buying a new motorcycle. How do you feel about that? And her response is, how do you think I feel? That's now left up to interpretation. <laughs> since she specifically didn't say no, it can be seen as permission since viewed through the broadest lens, there is a minuscule chance she wants you to buy a new motorcycle. You may know damn well that she doesn't want you to buy a mo mo new motorcycle, but you are now able to throw her ambiguous answer back at her when she protests, just as you would the comment about the color of a Corvette. You didn't tell me not to buy it. You asked me if I would buy one. This is permission. You have to... You have to the, the key is, the key is, unless you hear an explicit 
and specific no tailored to the circumstance, virtually anything else you hear is permission. Anything. I've been doing it wrong. Yeah, hell, you you're damn right you have. Doing You've been wrong. doing it wrong. I, I've been operating out of fear, Such. Yeah, yeah. You really must be afraid of your wife. Uh, I, I just, uh, you know, I'm to the point where I don't want to argue. I just, no, you I, know what you're afraid of? Yeah, you're afraid ahead. of the hassle. You're just, you're, the argument. You don't need it anymore. You don't want to go through yeah. it. Yeah. It's so pleasant not arguing. I just love not fighting. And is it more of a an energy level? I just yeah, don't have the I, energy to do that. I anymore. don't. I really don't. Yeah. I just I just want to breeze through life and enjoy, you know, enjoy every day. You know, uh, uh, I don't even think her saying you have $200 in your pocket, question mark, was nebulous. Uh, I would have interpreted that to mean, man, you're capable of buying a scooter. <laughs> That's how I would have. <laughs> you got the money on you. Well, that was permission. That was permission. I had, I had never considered that. I, I'll be honest. Not to be confused uh, with gold fishing. Gold fishing is the uh, procurement right. of an item that was the same color as the one you got rid of. And uh, just as apparently that's the way people get rid of goldfish. I've Grand always, Cuba. Go ahead. Such, I, I've always operated under the, um, I, don't, I, I don't want to call it a lie, but... If I have two dollars, two hundred, or twenty thousand in my pocket, I always say I'm dead broke. I've got nothing. Oh, yeah. Well, the old the saying way. in Garage Logic was that males had between three and eight dollars on their person at all times. Uh, adjusted for inflation, I don't know where where we would be with that right now. Maybe we're at two hundred dollars. I don't know. Yeah. yeah. That'd be Grand Poop. Grand Poobah of the Royal Order of the 21sters, along with the believing and non-believing members of your lodge. First, quickly, everybody, let's assemble and prepare for the meeting. Everyone sit down. Sit down, everyone. Now all rise. Here is an attempt at the Grand Link. <laughs> Since the dawn of man, we've wondered why we are here. What is our purpose? Where are we going? That's a talking head song. How did I get here? Uh, people have been wondering for decades, if not centuries, about strange, unidentified flying objects, who they are, where they're coming from, and what they're doing. Many have wondered if time travel is possible. And if it is possible, how come we haven't seen any of these people? Wait for it. Wait for it. I've seen UFOs and... I am them. Maybe all those strange phenomena, unknowns, and UFOs throughout the millennia are just us coming back to guide us past our own destruction. Remember, this planet has been trying to kill us since we got here. Food for thought. Quentin, P.S., check out a guy named Alex Epstein. He's a philosopher who decided to take on the case of fossil fuels and determined that it was the reason why we have thrived in the last couple centuries and are living so well now. He calls it the moral case for fossil fuels. It is based on the fact that our human survival and thriving is the most important thing. He also makes the case that this planet is almost uninhabitable, uninhabitable for us, and we have spent our entire human existence trying to survive it. Here, 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 Quentin. I think that's fascinating. I love his fossil fuels take, and he's so right. The best we could do was steam, right? And we were pretty happy with steam. We thought it was a big deal until we discovered you know, fossil fuels and gasoline engines. What was the guy's right. name? Wow. What, I, know, I got the last name, Epstein. What was the first name again? Alex. Alex, Alex. Epstein. Okay. E-P-S-T-E-I-N. Got it. Uh, 
Well, that's an interesting theory. We are them. <laughs> yeah. We are them. We're and, coming back to check up on ourselves. Well, and haven't we been guided through destruction through the millennia? We've lost a lot. We've lost a lot of people. But here we are. The earth right. hasn't gotten rid of us yet. Uh-huh. And do you think it's because, of, it's because of future us? It's because the current us has come back to guide the current us. No, the past us has come back to guide the current us. That's a ray of hope for COVID-19. He's ray of hope. I'm wondering how you're taking it today. Is it with an eyedropper or is it paper? Uh, how, how are you taking your LSD today, Such? <laughs> just little tabs. The, just little yeah, okay. tabs. Just yeah. little, little paper tabs. No, I, I'm, I'm having fun with the Quentin's email. I think it's fun. Uh, since the dawn of time, we wondered, what's the deal? Well, yeah. here we are. It's yeah. a bang, bang, boom. Speaking of taking the drugs, did you guys see the story of the uh, the couple that drank the fish tank cleaner? Did you? Uh, did you yeah, see? yeah. Well, it, she she claims, the wife claims that, well, it's because Trump told us to drink. Well, it turns out that she was just trying to kill her husband. Yeah. <laughs> like, oh. What? Yeah. what? Boy, Trump gets blamed for everything. Uh, like, how do you make that leap yeah. and think you're going to get away with it? Uh, Dear Joe, just a quick note from a fellow St. Paul resident. Our esteemed mayor, Melvin Carter, praised and pushed the need for community rec centers as a place for youth to go and uh, and stay out of trouble. They're closed. Good luck in pushing back from the most eastern portion of the sparsely used Grand Round. Mark, email me that. Yeah, kids, uh, those rec centers will save your uh, self, but uh, they're closed. And take down those tennis nets. They're closed. Yeah. yeah, you don't want any tennis. Uh, that's way too close. But to, you know, the one this. good thing that has come of this is the- some precious fool wrote a letter to the Star Tribune today defending the park board taking down the nets. You're kidding me. Oh, God. Yeah. Kenny, do you have the Star Tribune in front of you? Mine's upstairs. No, I, what was their uh, reasoning? What was their rationale? Uh, well, if you played doubles, you'd be next to each other oh, and you'd touch each other's stuff. <laughs> God almighty. <laughs> Honest but to yet- God. But yet everybody's still out running, you know? Oh, Come yeah. On. Yeah. Uh, I have to make a trip to uh, Countryside. I told you the other day they they found some items I left in my Stelvio, and I want to go back out and get them. I've got the old-fashioned compact stereo that went out in about 1972. You know, the little round disc yeah. thing? You put the stereo in it. I had that in the center console, and I have to go back and get it. So wait, I have wait, to call wait. You, you did that on purpose just so you could go back, didn't you? I love going there. Yeah. I've, uh, but so now it, the it, rules have changed. Go ahead, Kenny. If you're going to go up there, where are they? On the southeast quadrant of Highway 61 and 36 in Maplewood, Countryside, Volkswagen, Alfa Romeo, and Fiat. They're open Monday through Friday, 830 to 5. They've cut back on some hours for uh, social distancing purposes, Saturday, 9 a.m. to 2 p.m. But here's the deal. Their on-site sales are by appointment only. That way there's no browsing and kicking tires and rubbing shoulders with other people drooling over an Alfa Romeo Julia. This is good and safe for everybody. On-floor employees are working half shifts to limit exposure, uh, exposure, and they're cleaning and disinfecting all the time. So here's what you do. This is 
probably going to be the way of the future in the car industry. Go to any of the three Schmelz Countryside websites, SchmelzVW.com. I'm getting a growing interest for the Tiguan. I don't know why, but in Car and Driver, I just read a good review of it. Uh, SchmelzFiat.com and SchmelzAlfaRomeo.com. Read the stats. Read the specifications. Look at the prices. Call them and determine what you'd like to see. Give them a call, 651-243-4316. 651-243-4316. They'll set you up with an appointment. It'll be just you and the Schmelz people, and uh, you'll be safe. And uh, you won't smell any disinfectant. All you will get is that great new car smell at Schmelz Countryside. Schmelz Countryside Volkswagen, Alfa Romeo, and Fiat in Maplewood. GL will return in just a matter of moments. Hey, this is Ozzy Osbourne. Stay tuned for more Oz Notes. Hey, this is Ozzy Osbourne, and you're listening to Jerk. No, one more time. <laughs> hey, this is Ozzy Osbourne, and you're listening to Jerk. Yeah, come on, Oz. <laughs> Why did he record that line and remind me? Was he. What was he doing here? Uh, I think we just plucked that off the, the airwaves somewhere. Oh. I don't think he was in our building. Okay. Okay. I should have I should have lied. I could have made up a better story. See, that's so what I was, was kind of t- hoping you were going to do. <laughs> Reporting well, he was doing a, a satellite tour, right? Yeah, is that what it is? He just yeah. sits in a studio? Yeah. Reporting isn't what it used to be, so I'll give you this story, and you tell me what's missing. Here we go. I love uh, these. They're right. All right. Michigan police catch speeder doing 180 miles per hour during coronavirus lockdown. Mm-hmm. Michigan wow. State Police caught a driver doing 180 on a highway earlier this month. A very honest driver. The law enforcement agency on Tuesday tweeted an image of the ticket that was issued at 11.45 p.m. on April 19th as a warning that the recent reduction in traffic amid the pandemic is not an invitation to speed. Just because there is less traffic on the roads in warmer weather, there are no excuses for speeding, the Post said. Michigan and several other states have reported, including Minnesota, an increase in high-speed driving in recent weeks on highways that are relatively empty due to stay-at-home orders. The ticket indicates that the black 2016 Dodge was registered in Ohio and heading southbound on I-75 between Detroit and Toledo when a stationary radar gun clocked it going over 110 miles, going 110 miles over the limit in a 70-mile-an-hour zone, and the driver confessed to the crime. Uh, My fault. I was speeding with another vehicle. I'm sorry, the ticketing officer quoted the driver as saying. Uh, uh, police say did not say if another vehicle was cited in relation to the incident. What's missing? Okay, okay. You usually, but you mentioned the car. It's a 2016 Dodge. We got the speed. The only thing I can think of is we never described the driver. But why do we care what, about? Why that? is that? Well, I, I just you, you're a man of detail. That's where I thought your mind was at. Um. Uh. Uh, we got the. I, Reavers, I can understand, but Kenny, you're, it's inexcusable that you don't come up with the answer. The fact that a Dodge could well, go 110? I, it said it was a Dodge. I'm assuming it's either a Charger or what, what, what would the other Dodge be, the Darts? See, I did a little trick on you. Oh. Actually, actually, this is an example of what reporting should be. Uh, he does the well, reporter. That's, no, you, that's not fair. But I didn't finish the paragraph. Oh, I'm sorry. Uh 
the reporter does a Fox News piece. It was on a variety of websites. Uh, the reporter is Gary Castellou. He does say the ticket indicates that the black 2016 Dodge was registered in Ohio and southbound and down on I-75. Uh, he does say police didn't specify the model of the car, but few Dodge vehicles are capable of reaching that speed in factory spec, making it likely to have been either a Viper or one of the Hellcat Challenger or Charger models, which have been involved in several high-profile, high-speed incidents in recent years. So the reporter gave us that information. It's an example of what we would have wanted to know, and he found it. Because there's no factory-spec Dodge that's going to go 180 miles an hour except a Viker or a Viper or a Hellcat. I don't own anything that can do 180. I feel like I've been erroneously chastised. I'm yeah. just sitting on my porch, and some guy drives by and says, hey, you're a fat bastard, and keeps going. Yeah. Just for no reason whatsoever. <laughs> I... I, I just I, I just I, played a little faster. And then uh, after he did that, you look down and you kind of go, you nod. Yeah, I, I am. I am a fat <laughs> I bastard. Am. I, I know. He was I right. Am. Thanks, insult my, guy. My beer can <laughs> resting on my belly. I know I am. <laughs> I, I don't have anything that could do 180, and no conventional Dodge product uh, could do 180. So the reporter did a little digging and, and deduced that it had to be a Viper or the Hellcat version of the Charger. That I big agree. Giant, giant truck I have with the giant engine. Yeah, she uh, she tops out at one hundred and uh, will not let you go over one hundred miles an hour because it just can't, or it's uh, it's it's designed it's, that way. It's I'm pretty sure it's designed that way because mm-hmm. I, I my older truck with same engine. Uh, she'd uh, she'd haul some ass for you, Joe, but uh, this one will not. So they had a governor on it. I guess so. Yeah. I guess so. Yeah. 180, and they uh, the police did not say if the other vehicle was cited in relation to the incident because the driver remembers saying, I'm sorry, I was speeding with another uh, car, which is his way of saying we were racing. Right. right. I will right. say this, in uh, in my mileage that I've put on these last few weeks, yeah. this is not the time to be speeding. On the, no, uh, they're everywhere. On the highways. They're everywhere. Because they got a lot of time, and they got very few people that are uh, taking, uh, taking I've been the trying roads. To, yeah, I've been trying to stress that on the traffic reports. I mean, you've got a wide open road, but you've got a lot of troopers with nothing to do. In fact, um, the other day I was in the, the booming metropolis of Henderson, Minnesota, and uh, a town I'm getting quite familiar with on my ride home. And uh, there was a guy that was going about 40, 45 in a, in a 30. I went, nope, bud, you're in... Sure enough, he got pulled over about a block down the street. And I said, nope, you can't be doing that stuff, man. Where's Henderson, west? No, she's south of my neck of the woods by about a half an hour or so. Just south of Belle Plaine, Joe, right down there on old 93. Is Henderson the town where they have a good car show in the summer? Yes. What? Once a week. Tuesday nights, I think. Tuesday nights, Monday nights. I wonder if those are shut down. Well, I would assume so. Sure they are. Shoot. That is, every, by the every way, every car adventure I've planned this summer right now is on hold. If you are looking for a beautiful drive down the river, take uh, forty to six from eleven right down the river, down the Minnesota River. It's such a pretty drive. This what I end year. up in Henderson? Yep, you'll end up right there. Because I keep threatening to attend one of those shows, and I don't have an excuse now because, given our podcast uh, timing, I'd have plenty of time to get there. Yeah, and I know there's a there's another cool one. That happens in Victoria, but that's every other Wednesday night. 
But that one's also pretty cool that I've I've happened upon. How do I find out if the Henderson show is still on? Is it run by a, a particular Here. sloon? Let me see if I can find it. It's run by one. the town. Oh. Just, I'd go to Henderson, just find their town website. I'm going to do it right now. Henderson car. While you're doing shirts. that, while you're doing that, let me tell you that uh, uh, EcoFund Motorsports in downtown Forest Lake on Highway 61 is close to normal foot traffic, but that isn't stopping them. They're able to meet people by appointment uh, and to sell them vehicles like those great Bintelli or Yamaha e-bikes, scooters, motorcycles, side-by-sides, four-by-fours. Uh, that's if you don't want to go out. And if you don't, that's if you want to go out, you can still make an appointment. If you don't want to go out, go online, ecofundmotorsports.com. Pick out what you're, you have most research and most want. You can buy it over the phone, and EcoFund will deliver your new e-bike to your driveway. Free delivery in the Twin Cities area. They're a, they're a fun GL company. They've got great GL customers. Bintelli e-bikes are the ideal way to social distance and get fresh air. Now, here's the deal. You call them, 612 612- Three two one eight eight six seven to get yours or to set up an appointment to get one. Six one two three two one eight eight six seven. As I mentioned with Schmelz and now uh, Ben Telly, it could be the future of vehicular sales. That uh, it'll all be done on a personal basis, which I think sounds yeah. kind of kind of interesting. Yeah, mm-hmm. Not too bad. That's all no, right. no. So check out the uh, website EcoFundMotorsports.com. Uh, get your research done, then give them a call, and they'll deliver it to you free. 612-321-8867, EcoFund Motorsports, downtown Forest Lake, right on Highway 61. Yes, Christopher. Uh, I have uh, found their, the, it's called the Henderson Classic Car Roll-In, yep. and they have a really cool Facebook page, including video, which I'm assuming is from last year's events. They do it every Tuesday, 5 to 8 p.m., starting on May 19th through September 15th. This was posted back in February, and I'm not seeing an update as to whether it's been postponed or what have you. My guess is, since this is going to be happening in a few weeks, that they'll have an update for it. But some of this video that they have on here is really, really cool. I have I know some guys who've gone to it, and they've enjoyed it. Man, and does this look like just... fun. Not just hot rods. I've been hearing stories about guys rolling in with some pretty cool bikes too. Oh, oh I really? would imagine. I would imagine. Yeah. Maybe yeah. I'll uh, yeah. maybe I'll take the Jag down there that uh, Mike Schoonover fixed up for me and say, "What do you think, boys?" Normally, I would tell you not to because it was such car. a turd. But now I'm uh, that now that a farm car, Chris. Now, now that Schoonover has fixed your lights, I'd say go ahead. Yeah, roll yeah. down and go. Look at here. You know, when you got to drive out to the field uh, to get into the combine, yeah. and then you leave that car sit in the field for about three weeks, that's that's what your car is. That's what that is. It's a field car. A tree ends up growing through the middle of put it. A, you got to put a trailer hitch in the front of it so you can pull it around with your farm truck. I have a rather uh, touching best beer story. Oh, nice. Uh, with a bit of a sad note. Hail the Flashlight King. Hail you. Boy, was that, boy, that's weak. Was, that is so weak. Was, sorry, I'm drawing on a uh, dart here. So, uh, <laughs> Joe, my family and I tragically lost my brother Trent. Uh, the uh, writer is Tevin. He's 24. And he, they lost their older brother Trent, 28, in a freak snowmobiling accident February of this year. Oh, my. Trent lived in central Wisconsin, and I live in the cities. Rewind to my 21st birthday. Trent bought me a six-pack of fat tire beer. 
Uh, no, this is not my best beer story. For most birthdays from then on, and nearly every time we would visit each other, we would buy the other a beer that we had not tried, and we would enjoy them together. The last time I saw my brother before his passing, he bought a six-pack of Voodoo Ranger Juicy Hazy IPA. Love that beer. And we polished off five of the six, along with plenty of other drinks in between. When he left, it went in the fridge, not to be thought of until the day I heard of his passing. I couldn't bring myself to drink that beer. A month later, on what would have been his 29th birthday, again, I couldn't bring myself to do it. On Thursday, the 23rd of April, his longtime girlfriend accepted an offer on their home, which happened to be on a lake. My parents, some of their friends, and myself went out to the house to collect some of his things. I was packing a bag with extra clothes as well as some tools when the thought crossed my mind, if there's ever a time to drink this beer, it's today. I threw the beer in my bag, and the second we arrived, I burst into tears. I headed towards the dock, cracked the beer, and on a beautiful Saturday morning, I enjoyed the last beer I'll ever have with my brother. It was the most bittersweet moment of my life. The mix of emotions on that dock were unexplainable. Trent was a GLer but never knew it. He was a strong believer in conservation, never threw out anything that had spare parts to be used at a later date, and he could find common ground with nearly everyone while still pushing back against what he didn't believe in. I'm not sure if this will make the podcast, but I hope it makes it to the desk of the mayor. Yes, there are young GLers. We are out there, even though such is my brother, who never even knew it. Keep pushing back. Trent Tolzien, Roseville, Minnesota. That's a hell of a beer story. Wow. An Arkansas, Trent. Hell of a beer story. Somebody's cutting up an onion here, man. Oh, no. There's a lot of dust in this room. A lot of dust in this room. That was touching. Mm Mm-hmm. I wasn't ready for that. Well, the mayor likes to throw you the curveball once in a while. It's two curves in one day. Trent provided that. So, yeah, reporting finally was what it used to be in the story of the 180-mile-an-hour Dodge. Had to be a Viper or a Hellcat. You like a nice Dodge? Uh, I'm more of a Volkswagen uh, Alfa right. Romeo right, Fiat Right, guy. right, right. Yeah, I kind of figured that was coming. In the whole muscle car era, when I was a teen, and I was in the very blush, thick, blooming of the muscle car era uh, in the United States, the 60s, uh, all I wanted was an old MG. I never Now, of course, I would take a muscle car in a heartbeat as a collector item. But while guys were buying Corvettes and Super Bs and Chargers, I was scouring the woods for MGs that went about two miles an hour. So... I missed, I'm always behind the curve on things like that. <laughs> always behind the curve. Yeah. Well, GLers, that wraps it up for today, I'm afraid. And tomorrow I have the unenviable task of trying to create a positive Thursday. Brought to us by Schoonover Body Works and Glass. I think so. Yeah. Okay. Uh, PodMN is your home for all of the Garage Logic podcasts. And also, please don't forget to rate and review the show on iTunes. It helps others catch on to the Garage Logic podcast. We'll talk to you tomorrow. Kenny, get dressed and go outside. <laughs>